Hello and welcome to Business, Barbells and Babies. This is the podcast where we will go far beyond what they teach us in Cert 3 and 4. My name is Ro Hawley and I'm going to be sharing this time with you. We're going to be jumping into the real life shit, the struggles, the challenges, the real conversations that we need to have in order to not only navigate through the industry, but thrive and make a fucking killing. Let's have some fun. Hello and welcome to episode number 19. Now, I am really excited to get into this one today. It is going to be a big episode. Now, today's episode is what I call my six business buckets. And quite literally, it's the foundation of how I run a business um, when I'm growing, when I'm sustaining, when I'm making changes, whatever it might be, it's the foundation concept of how I mentor my clients and how I run my own business over and over and over again. So yeah, it's a really big one. You might need to have some pen and paper out for this one to scroll down some notes. Um, and there's going to be a lot of information that's coming at you. So the way I'm going to run this episode today is I'm going to first of all explain the concept of business buckets. Then I'm going to tell you what these six business buckets are, and then I'm going to break it in individually into every single one. Now, with each business bucket that I want to discuss, I'm going to be answering four things or discussing four things. So I want to basically tell you what it is, why this business bucket is relevant, what kind of things are included in this area, and what are the consequences of this business bucket. Then at the end, once I've kind of explained all of these six business buckets, I'm going to bring it together um, because then there's a few other concepts that I like to add alongside the business buckets. And that's how I basically run the business and run myself as the boss and the director. And that's how I make change and, and take action. So yeah, that's where we're going today. There's a lot of stuff and I've got a few notes that I've jotted down so I make sure that I cover what I want to with you guys. Um, So yeah, let's get into it. So business buckets is something that I just, like a phrase that I just coined when I was really starting to start to mentor and educate people and just deliver it from my head to others. Um, Because, you know, it's it's different when it's just you running a business as a sole trader, which I did for... um, gosh, about three to four years. And then when I started growing, I obviously had team members come on in. So when you're running a business by yourself, um, you know, all the thoughts are up in your head and it's not like you have to really articulate it out to others because it's a one man band, right? Um, But as I started growing and expanding my business, which meant that I was having people come on board, I had to really start to get clear on all of these different areas because if I wanted to deliver something to a staff member or delegate some tasks with a particular role that they might have. I need to have the ability to articulate why these things are important, you know, what's relevant, what things are included in, and how this can impact the business. So it's been it's been a journey, you know, a massive journey with um, going from a sole trader to a business having a team in the sense that it was just me and I could, I could basically do everything myself. Um, and I found that by thinking about running a business within these, using this concept of six business buckets, it's just provided so much clarity in order for me to deliver what I need to deliver and in order for other people to understand where I'm coming from as well. So the six business buckets, I'm going to list off the six first, so no particular order. So we've got coaching, systems, your why, business development, financial health, and products and services. So this is what I consider as six different areas, topics, focal points, whatever. And this is where I'm constantly looking over and over again and scouring my business and setting targets, um, going, you know, deep diving on particular areas, depending on what the end goal is that I want to achieve. So first and foremost, I'm going to now start to break into the first business bucket Um, and give you some more detail around why it's important, what it involves and and the consequences of it. So, you know, you've got to remember first and foremost that this is obviously my lens when it comes to running a business. Um, You definitely might agree with some of these things. You might disagree. You might have a feeling that 
Um, a particular business bucket might not have as much weighting as I believe. And that's absolutely cool. Um, that's the beauty of running our own business, right? Um, I get to do it my way and you get to do it your way. So take what, you know, take what fits well for you, disregard what doesn't, and then mold, you know, mold what you need to in order to fit your business. Um, because at the end of the day, whenever we're ingesting, sorry, whenever, yeah, whenever we're ingesting information, we really need to make sure that it's not just an ingest, but we also digest it and we start to think critically about the information to make sure that, hey, what we are actually hearing is relevant to our business. And what I'm delivering to you on this podcast is no different. So, you know, enter these six business buckets with that kind of lens um, and just go, how is this relevant to my business and what can I do to make it fit? So I, you know, the first business business bucket I'm going to talk about is your why. Um, And I can appreciate that this is likely not everyone's kind of lens or cup of tea when running a business. Now, your why, basically what this means is that the reason why you are in the industry, the reason why you do what you do and the reason why you serve who you serve. So I, the way that I like to think about coaching and being in this industry is the ethos that I have towards my training and my business is that I'm, I'm not here to you know, just run 45 minute sessions, clients come in, give me money and then clients leave. That for me personally is not the type of business that I want to run. Um, I I want to have a business that supports real change and really approaches health and fitness from a holistic point of view. And when I say that, that means recognizing that our clients are human beings and they're more than just muscle groups and movement patterns. So for me, because that is my ethos around training and running a business in the fitness industry, the why behind what I do is so, so important because yeah, look, you could run a business that is like that. Um, but for me, I just know that I wouldn't get fulfillment. Um, I wouldn't, you know, have the, the love and and passion and and desire to keep running something like that. I want something more. Um, I want to have a business that does allow people, uh, allow women obviously to explore their strength and to really unleash what is inside them. And that's why I have the business of Barbell Babes Brigade. You know, we use the barbell as a catalyst for change. And what that means is that we know, well, I mean, this is how I feel about it. I know because of how many women I've trained over the last seven years that when our ladies feel their strength in a physical sense, it can very much manifest into different areas of their life. They feel confident and they feel able. They feel they feel like they can do things with their body that they just didn't know was possible. And it gives them gives them those different feelings of empowerment and making it happen and taking action and all those really cool feelings. And it does manifest and it does move into different areas. You know, we then see them go ahead and start to be assertive in their jobs or stand up to a friend that might be taking the piss or say something to their partner or family member that's making them feel uncomfortable. So when I say the barbell is a catalyst for change, like the barbell creates these different qualities within our women. And that to me is absolutely everything. Yes, of course, we have got a business that is in the health and fitness industry and people have got tangible goals goals that they want to achieve. But for me, it's more important for them to get those those qualities and, and really go ahead and explore the different facets of their personality personality because I can see and I know how that goes into different areas of their life. So that's what I want to do. And in order to run a business like that, in order to run a coach and service like that, there is a lot of stuff that's much further along than just running programs and troubleshooting squat bench deadlift and all that kind of stuff, right? So I need to know what is my why and why the hell I show up when things get hard. Now, my why comes back to when I first got into the industry and my experience of how I felt with my body. I knew that, well, I I felt that I lived through, um, when I first got into training, it was all about complete punishment. It was very much training for a calories out, calories in, skewing that equation. And it was all because of the way I looked and I really disliked my body. Um, and at that point in time, I hated my body and I was, all I was doing and 
all the training that I was doing and all the food that I was eating was basically just to punish myself and get skinnier. And so I knew, I knew what it felt like to train that way. And when I discovered strength training, which then went into powerlifting and competing and all that kind of stuff, I, I started to see what it could be like I started to see and feel what life could be like when I stopped obsessing about the way that I looked. And for me, when I overcame a lot of that stuff in my own life, that's when I was able to run a business like I do now, because I was able to free up so much space in my mind. Like if all the conversations I was having, think about it, was it was only about, gosh, you look like this, or you ate that, or you didn't do enough of this. It was just the same radio wave going over and over and over again. And my thoughts were dominated by those particular thoughts. And it left very little space left to go ahead and pursue things like running a business. Um, so when I really started to unleash what it felt like with the barbell, gosh, like that's where my business grew as well. And so it doesn't necessarily mean that someone has to create a business, but they're capable of so much more when we we unlock that space in our head that's away from punishment and, you know, self-deprecating thoughts. So that's, that's my why. And the reason that it's important, I believe, to know your why and why it's relevant is because running a business in the fitness industry is really hard. Um, there are, it's, it's an up and down industry, right? It can be sometimes considered a luxury to get training. Um, there are highs and lows with different seasons. Clients can come and go. It's very easy to get qualified in this industry. So it's very saturated, but because it's saturated, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's competitive, but there are a lot of things that are involved with this industry that are up and down constantly. And so in order to stay in this industry and sustain yourself through these ups and downs, I truly believe that it's really important to nurture your why and know why you do what you do, because that's what's going to pull you through when times get hard. And gosh almighty, there's been so many times where I've been like, I can't do this anymore. And then I just, I, I you know, I think back to why I do this and where I was when I was in the industry. And that's what helps me to regain my momentum and regain my, you know, my drive inside to be like, okay, yeah, this is a tough patch, but you know, you're the, the women of Australia and the women in your community need you to show up. So that's what keeps pulling me forward in those times of complete on my ass. So I think it's really important to know your why, um, why you're here, why you're a coach and who you want to serve and things that are included in your why. So when I say things that are included, as I go through with the six business buckets is these can be tasks or these can be areas to explore. Now, nurturing your why and doing work around your why can be things like understanding your own personal values. Um, and I am such a massive fan and, um, like I live my life by the Demartini method now and the Demartini values. So if you haven't jumped into something like that, I think it's just so important to understand what your personal values are, because when you can understand what your own personal values are, you can dictate the life that you want. So that understanding your values can be a, an element that you can break into when you're wanting to nurture your why. Um, another thing that can be included when wanting to work on this particular business bucket is really understanding who you want to serve and why and understanding what your clients need, what their current struggles are, what it means like for them to have success, what a triumphs look like for them, what are obviously challenges look like for them and really going like deep on your clients and really putting yourself in their shoes because when you can put yourself in their shoes, you are going to be in a much better position to serve those particular clients. So that's another task that can be included in this particular business bucket and that can be things like knowing your archetype. Um, it can be doing regular pain points, which is, you know, looking at what your current pain points are for your clients and then moving into solution mode. That can be one thing. It's just, you want to know everything that is going on with your clients. And that's not to say that you're going to go and ask them. That can be very intrusive sometimes, right? But it's just going, you can watch and you can think and you can empathize and, and really just look at your clients and observe your, observe your clients. Because the more that you do that, the better you're putting your, the better position you're putting yourself in in order to serve them. Um, so yeah, that can be another task that's included in your why. 
Now, what are the consequences if we don't nurture our why or do tasks associated with this particular business bucket? Like I said, um, when it gets hard and it does get hard, it can be easy to go and it can be easy to say, stuff it and throw your hands up. Um, And we all know, know, well, I mean, not all, but for those coaches in the industry that listen to this podcast, like the industry here is such a high turnover, right? And it, it can be because when coaches have that time when clients leave or clients don't show or payments are scattered or whatever it might be, you know, there's nothing that's giving them that that fire inside to keep them going when times get hard. So the consequences are that, you know, it's not going to pull you through. Um, another really important thing, and that can be a consequence if you don't know your why, is if you if you don't spend time knowing who you are, who you serve, and what is exactly the message that you want to portray in your business, then you're not going to be able to attract the clients that you want to attract anyway. Um, and this is something that I coaches say to me all the time they say oh my gosh you're so lucky to have the clients that you have you know they care they shop and do their mobility and activation work um they they really want to put intention into their training they want to set goals blah 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 and I'm like hang on yes we have the most amazing client base and our community is unstoppable but we don't get clients come to us as little parcels with ribbons on it saying hey Ro I'm ready to do ABC The whole point of a coach and the beauty of being a coach is that you help someone evolve to be in that position. And I think sometimes that's a big illusion that coaches that come and talk to me have that, oh, okay, you're really good at attracting the type of clients that you want to attract. That's not the case. I'm just very clear on who I want to serve, what their problems are, how I can help them and deliver. And I can help them to see a different result for themselves. I can help them to see a new identity. So I don't get clients that, you know, come and do the activation and mobility at the start. I don't get clients that have huge intention with their training all the time. I build clients to be like that because that is the ethos of training and the values that underpin my business and my community. So I just wanted to pop that in there because it's a really, really important thing. And this is this is the beauty and the power of knowing your why is that, my gosh, I can help women get into a space where that's how they train. They train with intention. They train with purpose. They train with clear goals. And then that takes it away from training for punishment and burning calories and just kind of coming in and getting it done, which is where I started when I was training and obviously why I created the business. And I get clients like that as well. So yeah, that's a a really big, big and powerful impact of knowing your why. And so the consequence, like I said, is if you don't know, you're not going to have the ability to even entertain the clients that will get to that potential. Okay, so that's the first business bucket of your why. And I wanted to just talk about that one first, because I just I think I think it's such an important aspect that underpins everything that you do as a coach. And I think that if you're really clear on your messaging and who you want to serve, that like comes out in your marketing, that comes out in the way you program, that comes out in the way you speak to your clients and the way you hold consultations or whatever it might be. So knowing your why is is just so, so pivotal. Okay. Now, the next business bucket that I'm going to talk about is coaching. So the business bucket is just literally called coaching. And this can include things like hard and soft skills, which we might normally know um, these particular things. So hard skills is the stuff like, um, you know, like the, the tangible things of being a coach. So troubleshooting lifts, writing programs, effective queuing, um, spatial awareness of a session, um, like leveling when you're going ahead and doing a particular session, meaning if someone's doing something on the ground, you don't want to just stand over top of them. Um, so it's all of those hard skills that is being a coach and being a good technical coach. So that's a hard skills. The soft skills are the stuff like your empathy skills, your communication skills, um, how you relate, how you deliver a program, how you approach a tricky subject, all of those like personal and human behavior type skills that we might think about. And on the contrary, it's called soft skills, but out of the two, they are harder than hard skills. Am I right? So coaching is... That, that's what I mean by that particular business bucket. What it is, is your hard and soft skills of actually being a coach. And there is a lot of stuff included in this business bucket. 
Now, why is this bucket relevant? Obviously, we are coaches in the health and fitness industry. And if we can't deliver coaching to a really high standard, we are one, we're not going to get our clients results, um, which means obviously, too, that they potentially won't want to work with us ongoing. Um which means that, you know, you're putting them in a compromised position. You're unable to troubleshoot why their squat is looking like that. It's relevant because this is the service that we do. This is why people come to us. They come to us because they feel out of control in a particular area. So we have to remember when clients come to us, they, they're perceiving something in their life is that they need help. So if they're coming to you because of training, they feel out of control and need some extra assistance to help them get towards a goal that involves training. Whether their goal is a weight loss goal, which means they need to have some accountability and help with frequency and commitment and consistency, then cool. Whether their goal is to squat 150 kilos and they don't know how to do them by themselves, then that's where you step in. Whether their goal is to um, literally have consistency and routine in their in their day with their health and fitness, then that is why clients come to us and we must have the abilities, whether it's a hard or a soft skill, in order to help them get the result that they're after. Okay, so what can this include? So if we think about hard skills, that's literally how do you do, how do you make someone um, be able to have efficient movement and squat bench deadlift? How do you understand progressions and regressions of exercises? Another task and another thing can include, you know, what exercises and variations do I actually use? Um, How can I help someone troubleshoot injuries? How can I write a program that is appropriate for a rehab-based client? How can I write a program that is appropriate for a postpartum? How can I, you know, all of those particular things. So I think that's pretty self-explanatory when it's the hard skills of coaching. Um, The soft skills of coaching can be, you know, every color under the sun, depending on the particular client. So things that it might include um, could be how do I deliver a conversation with the client that is is hard and how do I confront her when there is something that I need to address and I'm uncomfortable. Another soft skill um, that we could include here could be, you know, having a tough conversation around what it's going to take to get to the goal that she may be after. And you can see some of her behaviors pushing her further and further away. That can be a soft skill uh, or, yeah, a soft skill that someone needs to, to get good at, basically. Um, another soft skill might be, um, you know, telling someone or giving them some information about around the goal that they want to achieve. And it might be unrealistic and you don't want to, like, completely dampen her spirits, but you want to be straight up with her. So that could be another soft skill. Um, Another soft skill could be, you know, if someone were to rock up late all the time, um, you have to then work on, oh, how do I approach this with this particular client so she doesn't get offended? Um, But at the end of the day, like you're there to get her a result. So how do you approach that? Um, another soft skill might be someone that has start starting to have a tendency that is slipping. Then you need to jump into a conversation and go, you know, what, what's going on here? So all those soft skills um, in coaching are the ones that, in my opinion, are so much harder, obviously, than, than hard skills. And that they're like the soft skills are where the change is for a client. Okay. I believe that understanding these soft skills and jumping into uh, coaching with a client when it involves this area, gosh, you're going to start to break into some stuff that is heavy and that can sometimes feel like above our pay grade. um, And that can sometimes feel like, oh my gosh, I'm in such deep waters. But you can also think that like, if it's something around a particular behavior or a habit, navigating those conversations and having conversations in that realm, gosh, that's where change is going to happen. And that's when the biggest bang for the buck is going to be. And it's not always having conversations around, you know, squat bench deadlift tech, or how did you pull up today? Or, um, you know, what was your RPE or anything like that? Although obviously they are very, very important. You could have someone that might be a fantastic lifter, but you can see that that person's behavior, let's just say 10 weeks into a prep and their frequency starts to drop with sessions or they get to a heavy load and they start to freak out. 
um, then you start to you need to start having conversations around those things if you want to help that client get through it. And that's the hard stuff. That's really hard because it can make someone, you know, feel uncomfortable. It can make you feel uncomfortable. And you sometimes don't know how people are going to react. So I really do think that the soft skills is is where it's at with investment of your time and energy that a lot of coaches don't do. Um, and I think it's really important to go there. So for you, for you, any of you guys that follow my stories, um, there's a couple of things that I listen to to help myself in this area. Obviously, I read a heap of books um, and I'm literally looking at my bookcase right now. So if you're wanting to look at some stuff around human behavior, the books that are popping out at me is the author Robert Greene. Um, I absolutely love his work, um, but it is quite heavy. So I don't know if that would probably be your first point of contact. I remember when I first wanted to start getting into understanding soft skills and understanding people's skills, Dale Carnegie. Oh my gosh. What a, what a man. Um, it's been Dale Carnegie's work has been around for yonks and it's really low barrier stuff. If you're, if you're new to this, this concept of wanting to learn soft skills. So Dale Carnegie is an author that I'm seeing on my bookcase right now, which might be a really cool place to start. Um, where are we when I'm having a bit of a look? I also really like Simon Sinek, Simon Sinek, however you pronounce it. Um, I really think his work is really awesome. And he has a book called Start With, with Start With Your Why, Leaders Eat Last. And although that's not necessarily about human behavior, the way he writes is really interesting. And there's a lot of things you can take from behavior because there's a lot of like case studies or examples in his work. So that's a really awesome, awesome place to start as well. Um, and then another, in terms of listening, if you're a podcast listener, Brooke Castillo is like literally probably pretty much my favorite podcast for a very long time now. Um, she is amazing when it comes to learning soft skills and understanding human beings. Another one that I like to listen to, to just really get some juices flowing in my brain around soft skills and, and people, um, understanding people is, um, how I built this. It's not necessarily a podcast that's specifically about human behavior. Um, but it, it, uh, Guy Roz, he has lots of guests on his podcast and they are business owners. And it's really interesting to hear examples and hear them talk and hear the questions that he asked them. So that's another big one that I find has some really good nuggets when it comes to learning soft skills as well. Um, and if there's anything else that's jumping, jumping out at me, let me just have another scan. That would kind of be like my first place is Dale Carnegie, Simon Sinek, um, Robert Green, Brooke Castillo. Yeah. Yeah, cool. So why, uh, what are the consequences if we don't focus on this particular business bucket? Well, from a hard coaching point of view, if you can't get your clients results, you know, your, your, your witty banter and your shit talking might keep them around for X amount of time, but clients do come to us for particular results and, you know, we want to deliver results to our clients. So of course, when a client comes to us, that's not to say that you have to get them results and you're going to get them results because your job as a coach is to outlay the plan and outline what um, outline what you can help what you can see helping them in the future and it's up to them whether they go ahead and actually you know work on that program and do the things that you suggest etc cetera, etc. Cetera. But at the end of the day, like your clients still come to you for a result and your clients are coming to you to push themselves forward in an area where they feel out of control. So you need to have skills there that are hard skills that will troubleshoot where they're at from a hard coaching point of view. On the same side, if you don't have soft skills and if you don't focus on building out that skill set for yourself, you can have the best programs, you can be the best technical coach, but if you're really shit at queuing or you your clients feel uncomfortable because of how direct you are sometimes or you know you can't deliver how important certain things are in a particular program they might not one go ahead and execute the program appropriately they might not even engage in anything that you're telling them because it's just not gelling with them so you have to have these soft skills as a coach because if you don't your clients are not going to relate to you you're not going to build trust and rapport with them and there's just not going to be relationship there at all and you know again this is my ethos and my lens when it comes to training 
but I, you know, our clients are human beings and with human beings, we are made up of emotions and feelings. And if you want to get the best out of your clients, you have to meet them on their level. You have to meet them in a way that feels comfortable for them. Um, like I know that I'm a very direct coach. Um, and my coaching style is like no bullshit. Um, and no bullshit doesn't necessarily mean that you're mean or aggressive or whatever X amount of, um, kind of thoughts come to your head in regards to that. But I'm just, I'm just really straight up. And I also know that sometimes like that's not appropriate for some clients, although I might coach most of the time with that particular client, because they've been with me for three years, I might usually coach that way, but they might be having a hard day. And if I go ahead and jump back into that, you know, direct coaching mode, gosh, that could turn them off so much, right? And it could make them feel like, oh my gosh, she doesn't actually get me. That's not what I need right now. So having the ability to have these soft skills there and bring them up when you need to, that's what's going to help your clients engage with you and feel like you get each other. Um, so yeah, I think that's just such a big, big area that as a coach, man, oh man, um, I encourage you to spend some time really, really like sharpening your sword with the soft skills. Okay. Now, next business bucket that I'm going to talk about is products and services. Now, products and services, what is this one? Um, I think that's pretty self-explanatory. It's the products and services that you offer in your coaching business. Um, why is this relevant? Without like a clear platter of things that you're going to offer, it's messy. It's messy what you might do. Um, and actually, when I start to work with coaches or when I first start to have conversations with them, you know, I'm asking them, cool, tell me about the, the services that you're doing. Tell me about what you're pricing. Um, tell me who, like, tell me with these services, who it's best suited for. Um, tell me why this, what this person can get out of this particular service. And I actually do find that a lot of the time coaches have got like a loose guide of products and services, but they're very willing to, um, veer off from their like platter of services if things come up. And what I mean by things come up, so, a client that they're trying to go ahead and sign on for coaching, they might ask for why um, they might ask for a price reduction or they might have an objection around finances. And I find that if someone is not super clear on their products and services, coaches will discount themselves over and over again, or then start to go, Oh yeah, cool. I can do this for you. Or yep. All right. How about if we do this sessions, I can then take this price down. So why is it relevant? It's like I said, it's messy if you don't have clear idea on products and services to best serve your community and clients. Um, like I said before with coaching, like clients come to us because they want control. They want us as the coach, the authority in the health and fitness space to be like, look, okay, this is what I can help you with. This is where you need to go. This is what I can foresee as potential problems. This is what I can foresee as potential obstacles based on the information that you're giving me. And I'm going to help you solve this problem by delivering X, Y, Z. Like clients come to us to deliver services like that. And if we don't have a clear idea on what our products and services are, when it comes to a sales conversation or it comes to an inquiry, gosh, we can be like, oh, oh, oh you know, yeah, let me get back to you or just put our foot in our mouth. Um, now products and services, service, services are obviously like your coaching programs that you offer. Products can be other things that you offer on alongside it, whether it's um, apparel, whether it's supplements, um, whether it's, what else would we do there? Um, whether it's like lifting related gear, straps, um, soft suits, products, other products as whether it's eBooks, um, whether it's other add-ons with coaching, whether it's a goal setting session, whether it's measurements, whatever it might be. So services I like to think about is like your core services of what your business is built on. Um, and then products I like to think is just like other add-ons basically. Now, um, why, why I said this is relevant is like, like I said, if you don't have it, it, it can be really messy and you as the business owner can kind of chop and change if you're not really, really clear on what it is that you have in your business. Um, so what can we include now with our services in a coaching business, there's typically going to be like a few things and a few different services that we can offer, right? So let's go ahead and just kind of like list out the services that you could offer. You could offer one-on-one -on -one work. You could offer group training. 
You could offer semi-private training. You could offer online training. You could offer programs only. You could offer nutrition coaching if there is relevant education there. Or you can offer a combination of all of the above. So another thing that when I first start to coach is it, start with coaches, sorry, is that they get really confused with, oh gosh, I don't know what products and services to actually implement into my business. Now, there is another episode, I can't remember what number it was, but it basically talked about how products and services reveal themselves. Now, what that means is that when you know, <coughs> excuse me, when you know who your clients are, when you know why you do what you do and who you're wanting to serve and you know, everything about your particular client and the different shades of him or her, the products and services will reveal themselves. So I'll use an example of my particular business. So we have three different programs that we offer at BBB. We've got one one personalized performance uh, program, which is one-on-one, and then we've got two different group training programs. And these three programs have been built for my woman based on what they need. I haven't gone, okay, this is what I want to do. And they're going to slot into what I want to do. Of course, there's going to be an element of that, but that's not the reason I created these particular services. I've gone, okay, cool. What are some of the problems that my ladies face? Consistency and frequency with training. Okay. Ding, ding, ding. I need to produce a particular service that addresses that. And that's why I have a group training program or two group training programs that has a particular feature, which is frequency. Okay. Does that make sense? So when you know your clients so well and when you know what they struggle with, when you know the different shades of them, the products and services will just go, okay, yeah, that makes sense. This is why you have this in place, okay? So if you know that there's typically going to be that list of different programs and products and services that you can have in your coaching business, then write those things down and see if they fit for your particular clientele. Now, consequences. The consequences of not having a clear product and service list is that if you, you know, like I said, if you were to come into like a sales conversation or someone were to inquire or query a service in which um, they've got with you or they've been training for X amount of time and you're not really clear on why it's important or how it serves them, you could be inclined to discount. You could be inclined to just kind of make up shit on the fly just to satisfy them because you don't want to lose them as a client. Okay. Another consequence is that you could have a program that is just not relevant at all and not be able to sell it. So the consequence is that your clients might think that you actually don't understand them. Okay. Um, another really big consequence of products and services is that I think it's important to have and acknowledge diversification of revenue in your business. Now, this is not necessarily like that important when you're first starting out in a boat, uh, in a um, coaching realm. I think it's important to have your core services that you offer. Um, one to three things is usually what I recommend. And that's, I would really put your eggs in your basket of focus of going, okay, these are my coaching services. I'm going to get really good at one-on-one work. And then I'm going to have like a semi-private stream alongside it. Cool. I've got two different streams, uh, two different programs and products that I'm going to offer. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get really good at those. I do think sometimes on the other flip side is that lots of coaches then go into like diversification of their revenue and having lots of different streams and just have way too much and it's super confusing. And they'll have like five different services and like apparel and lifting things and supplement orders and X, Y, Z, blah, blah, blah. And it's just so much to offer. Like what's what's that phrase? Um, choice paralysis is that what it's called you know when you go to like a restaurant and this is what I'm like and you're like oh god there's too many things to choose from I just need like a few things and then I can make a better decision like as a consumer of a restaurant or a consumer of buying something it can be too much if there's too many options so we have to remember that our clients are coming to us for a particular reason which is to help them get control and gain control to get a result that they're after. And they want to know that we can do that with X, Y, Z as the options. Try not to then go, okay, cool. I need to have all of these extra things just in case this person doesn't want this program or just in case this is too expensive, whatever it might be. So consequences of not having really clear products and services in your business is that it can make confusion even more for your clients. It can, um, 
the products and services that you have might not be relevant relevant for your particular clients. Um, if you don't have clarity around your services, your clients can be like, man, like this person doesn't know what the fuck they're up to. Like I'm going to go and get another trainer that is really clear on who she is, what she does and what she's offering. Okay. Now, next business bucket that I'm going to talk about is business development. Ah, I just need to have some silver tea. Business development. What is this? Um, oh my gosh, I love this business bucket so much. So it, it's pretty self-explanatory. It's developing your business. It's growing. It's it's going further. It's, you know, dreaming something further for your business. Why is it relevant? Now, it's relevant if you're a grower and it's relevant if you want more than what can be like the traditional model of coming in, running sessions, getting cash in hand, and then that's it. Now, like I said uh, at the start, this is my ethos around training and this is how I like to run a business. That's not to say that everyone has to go ahead and go, I want to develop my business. But man, like honestly, I've I would say like 95% of the coaches that I've spoken to um, over the years, like they, they want more than just running sessions, getting money in their pocket and then doing the same thing on repeat. Um, and then if that's you, then that's cool. Um, you probably wouldn't be listening to the, this podcast anyway. So business development is wanting more, is, is wanting more for your business. It's wanting to grow. It's wanting to grow your community. It's wanting to grow your team. It's wanting to grow your abilities as a coach. Now, why is this relevant? It's relevant because... I think when we get into the industry, right, I know there's so many reasons why people get into the industry, but a lot of the time coaches can come in the industry because they're like, I really want to help people. And man, like that's, that's actually not the reason that I got into this industry. You can listen to another episode to understand that. Um, it was a very selfish reason I got into the industry. I'll just briefly explain it. I really, I got into the industry and I did the course to find out further ways how to punish myself because of that was the space that I was in. I did my certifications to figure out, you know, oh, okay, there might be some different training that I can do that's going to help me lose weight and help me lose body fat more. Um, and that was one of the reasons that drove me to do my certification. And then um, as I kept going and understanding, the other portion came in as well. Um, and I used to feel really like embarrassed and never wanted to talk about that. But that's, yeah, that's the reality of why I got into the industry. Um and a lot of coaches that I speak to get into the industry because like, I really want to help people because I know of how it's helped me turn around. And in an essence, that's the same kind of like example of what happened to me, right? It's just that the turnaround was like, it didn't happen. Uh, sorry, no, that doesn't make sense. Um, I, the, the driving factor was not clients, first of all, and helping people it was helping myself. And then when I could help myself, then I found, oh, okay, well, I can really help people as well. And although I find this is such a noble thing and it's so beautiful to have that underlying um, like reason as to why people get into the industry, if that's the only reason and you don't understand what business development is or what other areas need to be consider, considered, that noble cause and that reason as to why we go into the industry, you know, you're just going to get shat on because this industry can be like, it can be rough. It, it's it's hard work times. Um, you know, we typically deal with clients, uh, when they're before work, after work, any time of the day, and sometimes they can discharge their emotions on us. Uh, we can just be working obviously like mixed rosters. We work around our clients. You have got clients messaging you quite frequently. So if you don't, if you don't take into account that, um, you need to really have some different things in your back pocket as opposed to just going, I want to help people. You're going to get screwed up, man. Um, and so business development for me is that there's two elements to business development. It's wanting to grow to be more and to have more in your business in order to continue to serve. But also business development is like proofing yourself for when times get hard as well. Because the reality is that clients are going to leave it's obviously going to depend on that particular client. They're going to leave. There's going to be highs and lows in the industry. Um, yeah, like this is this is traditionally what's going to happen. So if you don't have development skills of how to grow your business, you're not going to grow further, but you're also not going to be able to pick up shortfall when you have a drop in revenue or a drop in clients. So this is what I want you to think about with business development. It's not only to surpass where you're at, but it's also to pick yourself back up when things 
go into the negative because that does happen as well. And so this is why this is relevant. So what can this include? And oh my gosh, um, business development is freaking huge. And as I'm actually like talking to you and, and recording this podcast, so I'm giving you an overview of all these six business buckets, but the next line of podcasts, I believe, I think I need to go into one podcast for one business bucket. Alas, I'll continue. So business development, what could this include? This could include things like... Uh, lead generation. So going ahead and obviously acquiring new leads into your business. Another task involved could be a retention rate. So understanding, um, you know, how long clients are staying with you for, um, reasons why they might be leaving uh, and looking to have a percentage that is, you know, something that you deem possible and deem appropriate. So it's retaining your clients. And then it can also go into, well, what do I need to do to retain my clients? Where do I need to be plugging shortfalls in my client experience to be keeping my clients on board? Now, just on a side note, I used to say this, and this is what I thought. Um, I heard this, like when I first got into the industry, it was saying, you know, it's so much harder to get new clients than it is to keep the ones you've got. I actually think it's harder. I think it's opposite. I think it's harder to keep clients than it is to get new clients. Or maybe not harder, but I think they're just both equal. Because like the consume like the fitness industry, it's saturated now, right? Like there is just so much going on, whether it's online space or whether it's face-to-face. And if you do not spend time with your clients and you can't get them results and they don't truly believe that you are the coach for them then they're going to go because there's plenty more fish in the sea, okay? So I think that it is equally important to continue to serve clients and give that time and attention because, you know, clients could get bored or clients could not be getting results or clients could need variety in training or whatever it might be. So that old statement that I used to think was like gospel, I don't agree with. I think it's equally important to continue to keep clients as it is to get new clients, So what other stuff can business development include? So we talked about lead and we talked about retention. Um, It could also be things like attendance. So making sure that obviously the the sessions that your clients pay you for, they're actually coming to because it's a red flag if they're not attending. Um, And you can start to plug in shortfalls around, okay, well, you know, troubleshooting, why why are they not coming to sessions? Business development can also be pre-planning where you can see drops in revenue. So whether it's typically a winter, um, clients could be getting sick and which means that although you might have them signed, you might need to then have an influx of more clients to then make up that shortfall that you're going to get because they're sick. Um, We also know that as clients come into like spring, so September, October, November, there's usually an influx in commercial gyms because they're really wanting to go, okay, cool. Now is the time. Um, So it's really developing structures and developing targets and goals around your business growth. And so we know at the bottom line is that we've got X amount of clients, whether we're running X amount of sessions, we can go, okay, cool. How can I either continue to go where I'm at? If we're dropping to baseline, how can I get more clients? How can I um, run more sessions to come back up to where I was? Or how how can I surpass that? And then when we get to a point where we're surpassing it, and we're running ourselves fully booked, it's then going, well, how do I leverage my time? How do I then include semi-private sessions? Or how do I then expand my my business to have other people on my team then running sessions for me? So that's other stuff that it can include from a business development point of view. Business development can also include adding value into your business for your clients. So that can be things like complimentary conditioning sessions, that can be workshops that you offer, that can be um, written resources that you offer, membership websites, anything that's going to add extra value for your particular clients. So although that's not necessarily going to give you like, I do these tasks and it gives me new clients, I think it's really important because of the ethos I have around training is to give people value because that's what they're coming to you for. So business development doesn't also like doesn't necessarily mean I do this and then I get extra money in return. We have to do things to give our clients the resources that they need in order to get the results. And whether that, you know, gives you a monetary amount as a consequence, it's not always the case. And we have to recognize that. And I don't necessarily think that's important at all. Um, Business development includes those extra things that you do for your clients in order to get them where they want to get. Okay. 
Um, business development can also include um, timetables. It can include obviously leveraging time that I just said. It's this, there's just so many things that are included in that area. It can also include social media presence, what you're putting out on your social channels. Um, there's just heaps of different areas. And I think I'm going to park that one actually, and then, and I'm going to do another episode on that one. But I think that's pretty self-explanatory. It's doing things that we know that we can do to in order to grow our business or to plug shortfalls because we've had a drop in business or just to sustain ourselves through a harder period of time. Okay. So don't necessarily think that business development is just growing. It's also maintaining and plugging in shortfalls. Consequences of this is if we don't spend time in our business bucket, which is business development, you know, when clients do leave at some point in time, because it's going to happen, um, you know, you don't have the skills or you haven't fought, like planned how you can then plug business back into that area. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's, it's, it's a really big one. And also, like I said before, the coaches that I speak to, like I've been in a position where you get to running sessions fully, being fully booked and just doing the churn. Um, and that was like 2016 for me, actually. And that's when I was considering actually leaving the industry because like I actually, I was saying to myself, I don't actually know if I want to do this all the time. Like I was running so many sessions. My lifestyle was just like early mornings, late nights and weekends. There was no lifestyle there. And Although some coaches might enjoy that, for me, that wasn't a lifestyle. Like if I thought, because I would ask myself, do I want to be doing this in another five years? And I was like, no, I don't want to be running this particular life that I'm running right now. Um, And so that's when I had to learn how to develop my business and jump into those different areas in order to keep growing. Okay, so we've got to think consequences are is that you can get unhappy, unfulfilled and ultimately leave the industry. Um, And 2016 is when I had that conversation with myself and started to get real with where I was at. And that's when I started to really plug in. Okay, there's something more. We've got to learn some more shit right now if we want to stay in the industry. Okay. Um, now the last business bucket that I'm going to talk about is financial health. So again, this one's pretty self-explanatory. So it's the health of your finances as a business. So why is this relevant? Obviously you can be a phenomenal technical coach. You can be the go-to to help someone get incredibly strong or get the body composition goals that they're after. But if you can't manage your finances, you're not going to be able to stick around in order to do that for clients. So it's so important to make this an area that you actually give a shit about. Um, When I first got into the industry, it was like cash in hand and then shit, not going to put that through my bank account. Don't have to pay taxes on that, right? Um, But that's also what drove the, the, um, what's the word? Like the impression of the industry, right? Like when I first got in the industry, it was not considered like, a very, oh, I don't even know how to say it. It was not, it was not like the most highest recommendation of a career. Um, and it was just, you know, cash in hand. It was not dodgy dealings, but it was just kind of slapping shit together. And as I kind of moved through the industry, I very, I saw, gosh, if you want something more, or even if you want to obviously like get a home in the future, like you've got to be starting to get legit about this kind of stuff. Um, And I know the first like one to two years of running a business, like I stuffed myself so much with tax because I would just not report heaps of it into my books. Or if you needed cash, you just didn't have to put that into your account. It's all good. We've all done it, you know, but now 2020, um, I think coaches in this respect are actually a lot more willing to learn here um, and understand that there's a bit more than just cash in hand and and going ahead and running it that way. So why is this relevant? Um, Spending time in the business bucket of finances. Like I said, because we know that the industry is up and down, um, you know, your weekly settlements can be different depending on if someone's sick, who might still be on your books, who might attend your classes. There are there are going to be fluctuations. And so if you don't understand what your monthly position is, your quarterly position, you can't you can't then go ahead and go, okay, cool, this is where I need to plug in shortfalls in order to grow my business with X amount of people. I want to expand my clientele by 10 clients over the next six months or whatever it might be. Or 
get to 12 months time and get to tax planning, you're like, oh God, my tax bill is X amount. And I just didn't even put anything away for that. So being on top of your financial health is so, so important. And I know that it's like the stuff that like is boring and we just can't be asked doing. But the way that I like to think about it is, again, if I don't have my shit in order with my finances, I cannot bring new people into my community. I will not be around to run my gym, have my staff, run my business in order to serve more women. So my why will not be able to flourish because I can't sort my books out. Okay. So it's just, yeah. The, the what it is, the things, it's the tax, okay? Dreaded tax. And then when you, you know, as you grow and earn more money, it just becomes more. Um, BAS and GS, GST and gosh almighty, I feel like we just pay tax upon tax. It's also things like your own savings, um, savings for the business, savings for your personal. Um, it's tracking expenses, ins and outs. It's looking at leveraging your time um, for money. It's looking at pre-planning highs and lows. So if you know that winter tends to have a drop, how can you then save extra money so that you don't have to worry about when you have that drop and you've got a shortfall there? So, you know, when it comes to financial health, you just have to remember and think and consider what is the life I want to live? Do I want to be someone that goes on holiday every, every year? Do I want to be able to buy nice shoes? Do I want to, you know, be able to have nice leggings? Um, do I want to want to be able to buy my clients things when they need it? I I want to be that coach. I don't want to be busting my ass and and you know pulling my ass on the ground, um, earning pittance. I want to have the ability to buy myself things and have a career and buy myself a home and and you know be able to save save money and and look after my family and, and do all those type of things. So you just got to remember, this is what's important for you to satisfy and, and have the life that you want to live. And then also have a business that can serve your clients. Like I love buying clients presents and just doing little extra add-on things, whether it's stickers or towels or, you know, buying buying them a book or whatever it might be. I just, I just think it's so beautiful when you have the ability because you've got your finances sorted out that you can spend 30 bucks here and there for a client and you can buy some stickers and, you know, buy pens and do all that kind of stuff. Because to me, it's just, it, it adds another element of, of your business and it adds another element of, your, you know, my clients are not numbers. They are clients and they are important to me. So I want to give them things as well. So financial health is so important. Consequences, obviously, of not dealing with your shit is you get to the end of a year and you've got a tax bill that's through your ass and you're just like, oh my gosh, how am I even going to pay this? And you're having to like, you know, swim up upstream, paying now in the next six months of the next year, putting money aside for the finances that you couldn't sort out the week prior. Consequences are is that you can't buy yourself things. Consequences are is that you can't go on a holiday because you have to then um, – you know, you don't, you haven't saved any money. Consequences are, is that you don't have legitimate credentials with your finances for your bank. So they're not going to loan you money to buy, to get a home loan. Um, you might have cash in the year to go and buy the things that you want to buy. But if you want to go and get some loan or put something on a hire, you can't do that because to the books, you look like nothing. Do you know what I mean? Um, so it's, it's, it's important. Like, I think this is how I definitely was when I got into the industry. It was going, yeah, cool. I got this much cash this week. And I didn't think about really what it was going to be like in the future. My first car, well, not my first car, actually. Um, when I was, so we've been in Melbourne for like four, so bad with this, like four. No, like five years we've been in Melbourne and when we were living in Brisbane, we wanted to get a new car and we finally had some money to get a new car on a loan. Um, and so that's what we did, but I was unable to get a loan under my name because I never put shit through my bank account. So they were like, you know, your earnings are not enough to support a, a car loan. Um, and so, yeah, my husband, he wasn't my husband at the time. He was my partner. He had the car under his name, um, because I didn't have any legitimacy in my bank accounts because I just didn't put shit through properly. And so, yeah, it's just things that you sometimes don't think about, um, <laughs> and then that was such a big pivotal moment. Thank you, um, learning curve. Because from that, I was like, oh my God, like I couldn't even get a car loan. And so it really pulled my finger out and started doing things 
properly and you know I was able to to get a home loan and, and satisfy what we needed to satisfy because of business earnings and we're able to get that that finance that we needed for our home so you know five years on um, and we've been in our home that we bought uh, six months ago now and when I first got the industry you know seven years ago I would have never even thought about that honestly so it's just just open a lens of how important financial health is because um, how old am I I'm like coming 33 this year um, and I, I, I want to enjoy my life and I want to have some luxuries and I don't want to be busting my ass, right? I want to have savings. If I want to buy something for my daughter and my husband, I can do that. And likewise, if I want to buy stuff for my clients and still be able to pay my staff and keep my lights on and have money in the bank for savings, I want to do that too. So financial health with your tax, your savings, your personal savings, your business savings, Knowing your expenses, knowing you know what's coming into your business every single week, every month, every quarter, and then pre-planning highs and lows. Gosh, the consequences are huge if you don't do it. It's your lifestyle at the end of the day, and it's your business at the end of the day. So I hope those six business buckets made sense as a starting base to you know what it is, why it's relevant, what these business buckets can include, and the consequences if we don't spend some time and effort there. Um, now, what I do with these business buckets, buckets is this is how I run my business, is that I've always got these different tabs open up in my mind and then different spreadsheets, et cetera, of going, okay, cool. This is what I need to address right now because of the goal that I'm trying to achieve. So alongside my six business buckets, so I usually have a spreadsheet and I have um, like the different uh, different tasks that I'm working on in each particular bucket. Alongside that, I will also have my like big goals and using my big goals, I will then reverse engineer back and go, okay, cool. What needs to happen now and what particular business bucket to help push me further towards that particular goal? So I'm just going to finish with an example around how these business buckets can kind of work using uh, the big like end goals that you have and then using the third concept that I plug in, which is called 90 day action plan. So it's basically like, it's just like planning, um, and I, I prefer to do it in 90 day blocks quarterly because that's how I run a business. So one of the biggest goals that I've been working on, um, as of late and still working on, cause it's not achieved yet is opening a bigger facility. Um, and so when I, I go, okay, cool. What do I want this facility to look like? What are, like, how big is it going to be? What facility, like, what things do I want to have in the facility? What machines do I want to have? How many barbells do I need to have? How many staff do I want to have? Okay, cool. I really start to paint a picture and a vision of what I want this beautiful empire to look like. And then what I do is then I start to loop back. Okay, if that's what you want that facility to look like, my gosh, how much money are you going to need? Because you want to have a coffee machine. You want to have beautiful bathrooms. You want to have X, Y, Z. And I don't mitigate my dreams because I rise to the occasion of my dreams by earning the money I need to earn. So I'll go ahead and then go, all right, cool. This is what it looks like. And then I'll go, all right, if this is what it needs to look like, how much money do I need to be bringing in on a weekly and monthly basis in order to satisfy paying this facility? Um, obviously like the, the expenses that are there. And then I start to shimmy back down. Okay, cool. That's X amount of clients roughly that it's going to take for you to run this particular facility. All right, starting to step back again. If you know that you need to have this many clients to satisfy that particular facility, how many staff do you need? All right, great. You're going to need one to two more staff and row. You're not going to be able to do this by yourself. You probably need someone to help you with management. Okay, take another step back all right, what do I need to do now? Like what are some stuff that I can start plugging in now? Well, Ro, you don't need to have another two coaches just yet, but you've got some big plans with management and you can't do it yourself. I mean, you can do it yourself, but that's not the lifestyle that you want to have. So how about we start looking at the next hire being a gym manager? Take a step back. Okay, what do I need to do in order to have a gym manager now? And that was literally how I started to unpack the end goal, which is a bigger facility and start to go, all right, what are the logical things that you need to do first? And then when you, where can you build? And that's how I actually figured out how to go ahead and start to hire my gym manager. 
Um, and I had already, you know, I went back and looked at the numbers. How much is the salary that I want to offer? Can I satisfy that now in the business? No. What do I need to do to satisfy this extra salary in the business? You need to sign this many more clients, which means you need to retain this many more clients, blah, blah, blah. And that's what I did. That's what I focused on. So if you think about those particular things, there's like a few thoughts that I'm throwing at you, right? So I'm talking about X amount of clients, Okay, I'm talking about signing new clients, which is jumping into a business bucket of business development. I'm talking about coaching bucket because I'm looking at retention as well. So what are the hard and soft skills that I really need to make sure my current team are all on top of? So this is how I'm going, all right, cool, spend some efforts here, spend some efforts here, spend some efforts here. If you do all X, Y, Z, then that's what's going to mean you can sign more clients, welcome more people into your community, and then you can have some more money in the business to satisfy this new salary and then hire the gym manager. And that's what I did. And so now I've got the gym manager in my facility and she's been here for, oh my gosh, it feels like forever since COVID's been going. I think it's like three months now. Um, poor bro started like a month before COVID hit, um, but she'd been in our business for like two years prior. So she's a bloody gem and I literally couldn't have got through this out without her. Um, however, back to it. So what I'm meaning is that now I've got her and we're still quite a while off from getting our new facility. So probably like the end of this year and we're in May. Um, you know, we've got a few, a fair bit of, of time still going, but I've got her on early because we need to get our shit in order before we have a bigger facility. We need to know that our lead generation strategies are on point. We need to know that she can then jump in and manage the staff. We need to know that she has all of the things that she needs to have in order to perform her role properly. Okay. So that's an example is looking at what the end goal is reverse engineering back and making logical steps back and then jumping into these business buckets to start to then like think about a task in which I'm going to spend some time and effort to obviously gain as a result. And then what I do is I write that all down on 90 day action plans. So every 90 days, I just go, cool. Um, you know, what is the the thing that I'm wanting to work on? So whether it's um, retention of clients, I might want to increase my retention rate, meaning um, instead of having a lower percentage, I want to actively increase that. What does that involve, Ro? That involves spending a bit more time with the with the coaches to make sure that they know how to help clients with goal setting, blah, blah, blah. And then as I go through this 90-day action plan, basically the last column on the 90-day action plan is what evidence will you have that you've achieved this goal? Okay, well, the evidence is that your retention rate would have increased. So that's how I use those three things together. So the six business buckets, against my my mission and the big goals I want to achieve against my 90-day action plan. If you want a copy of my 90-day action plan, just you know, send me an email, DM me. I'll send it through to you. It's really, really straightforward. Um, it's just like a really basic document, but I'm so happy to send it to you. So yeah, that's why and how all of these business buckets all work together. So I hope that's given you something to think about. I am very considerate that I've thrown a lot of thoughts and words and stuff at you, the listener. Um, and I really think now that I'm going to start to break into these business buckets even in even more detail. I hope that was helpful. I hope you got some good stuff to maybe start ticking over in your brain and maybe start to think about your own six business buckets, um, but put your own spin on it. How many things in your area, in your business do you need to focus on in order to move forward and achieve the things that you want to achieve? So, all right, guys, I hope that was a, I hope that made sense. That was a really big one. If you have any questions, fire them through to me and I will talk to you next time. Bye. Thank you for spending this time with me. I hope you got some good stuff out of this episode and you're ready to take the learnings and apply it to your own business. If you want to get in contact with me, send me a message through Instagram or send me an email, H on Instagram or rasheen at barbellbabesbrigade.com.au. Speak with you soon. Okay, bye.